0: I like the sound of that. Welcome to the Wretched Hive podcast. Our first of what will hopefully be a weekly check-in in in real time uh, on The Mandalorian Season 2. My name is Steve Baldwin and joining me is a bunch of Hiveans. And uh, we'll start it off as we always do with the Wookiee co-pilot Greg
2: Lent. Hello, Greg. Yo, yo, yo. Good to see you with this uh, fine morning here. Welcoming back, the
1: Mandalorian, into our eye holes.
2: Good morning, and uh, lifelong Star Wars
1: fan, Scott Ivansky. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, Steve. I just want to point out the fact that it's only half a in with me today. I'm, I'm working. I'm functioning <laughs> Give it about 20 minutes into the show, and the caffeine will kick in. It is literally a... So, Scott
3: Scott is like the Millennium Falcon in the first act of The Empire Strikes Back this morning.
0: (laughs) Come on, baby. Stay together. And also, you heard his voice, Dave Potter. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for getting up on a Saturday.
3: Good morning, Steve, my favorite rebel scum. I did not so much get up as the cat demanded breakfast and got me up, so... The cat says you're welcome.
0: <laughs> Good morning, Kitty. So uh we are here to talk about the Mandalorian and um, boy, what a great start to season two, episode one. Um, before we launch, Dave, you had a couple of things you wanted to hit on. Just before we jump in to our review, what do you got? What's what's inside of Dave's head this morning?
3: So just just two things. One, I wanted to pause for a minute because just to lift the curtain up, because obviously the favorite Discussion topic on the Wretched Hive podcast is the Wretched Hive podcast itself. We had about a 29-minute preamble pre-show leading up to this that was interrupted because uh, the Wookiee co-pilot, Greg Lent, had to step away to deal with with an urgent matter. And I just want to make sure we're not going to have any more piano pickup guys
2: (laughs) (laughs) show up while we're recording at this point. Mm. Uh, At this point, the piano pickup is mission accomplished. Um, operation uh, Get Rid of Garbage has uh, been completed. We're going to put that one in the books, and um, and I'm ready to go. Ready to go. Greg, right. do you plan on picking up any piano guys? Any, any more pianists? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't have coffee, uh, enough coffee for this. Right? Uh, uh, this
3: is killing me. My other thing, real quick, is uh, just a, w- in the pre-show, in the warm-up, Steve and I were talking about the value of the 4K Apple TV versus a standard Apple TV, and I agree. Yeah. It, it was just, it was gorgeous. Watching any any 4K production on a 4K Apple TV, just gorgeous. And I, I was reminded, I and I'm just curious, do any of you know? what yoda said when he saw himself for the first time in 4k i've
2: seen this meme so i'm gonna skip
0: <laughs> uh, no, i'll play along no what did yoda say when he <laughs> saw himself in 4k hd i <laughs> <laughs> oh that's pretty good
2: Blop, blop,
0: blop, 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 blop. thank you folks i'll be at the uh, Laugh factory
3: in cleveland next week and tip your waitresses they work hard
0: well i'll thanks. be at chuckle fucks tuesday night be- <laughs> <laughs> it's right next to fudruckers you got to chuckle fucks and Ruckers over there on uh, lakewood boulevard all right guys let's get into the mandalorian season two episode one Title is The Marshall, originally dropped Friday October 30th 2020. It was written by and written and directed by John Favreau who of course Should is watch. one of the show creators. <laughs> just the um show. guys, what uh, let's just just start with first impressions. Uh and I'll I'll start with Scott. Scott, um what was your first impression <laughs> watching this episode of uh, the launch of season 2 of The Mandalorian?
1: Well, Steve, I got I, I got to tell you um I, I I wish we were recording the other day just because we had a little bit of a pre-show conversation and my energy level was like at 100 compared to what I am now. But the show itself, oh, my God, it was amazing. I I am so impressed on how much they've improved, um, certainly the length, but just the quality of the show itself. Uh, bringing on – and we're going to talk about a lot of the stuff, but the, the characters, bringing back certain characters, uh, some surprises. I was overall just like it's probably one of my favorites like up there in the top three right now
0: uh in terms of episodes for the Mandalorian you mean
1: episodes yes yes
2: Greg uh what was your impression uh it's it's funny because I I I don't agree with Scott I I think it was a good episode (laughs) I know it's funny it never happened before um (laughs) I thought it was a very a very good episode but I thought um I just thought it was. I just thought it was okay. I, I like the first episode of season one was bam out of the gate, completely hooked, engaged in on the story. This one I was like, okay, it's back, cool. And that and and I was I'm ready for more, but I wasn't completely drawn in.
0: Did it feel familiar to you in in a strange way? Oh uh,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We'll 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 talk about that, Dave. Uh, first impressions. Somewhere between Scott
3: and and Greg, I I loved it. I enjoyed it. I didn't realize how long it was. This was, I think one of the longest episodes of the Mandalorian. Yeah. But I was, you know, when a show hits, when a a hit show moves into season two, there is a little bit of that. Oh, it's familiar. It doesn't have that, that wow. First love rush anymore. And I, I was kind of feeling that, but, uh, there was a moment where I, I did kind of go like full Will Ferrell from Elf, and I, I think you all will know what that moment is. But I'll wait until we get to it <laughs> as we go through the episode chronologically.
0: Got it. Uh, so, guys, right off the bat, we're heading to Tatooine in this episode, almost right off the bat. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime we go to an original trilogy location, I get super excited. So I love seeing the landscapes and just being on Tatooine. It just feels like home. It feels like
2: Star Wars. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. I was happy they went back to Tatooine uh, first episode. Um, yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more. I, and see now, because I want to say something, and I don't know in what order we're gonna say this, but nah, I wanna dive okay. in. We, okay. We don't have to go in chronological order because. Um, what you tell him
0: that, but you don't tell me that. Okay, I, I, I see said, how it's gonna be. I see where I you're at, Steve Baldwin. Loosely, and you know, Wookiee copilot, he gets a little leeway compared to you, you underlings.
2: You know, so I'm, I am sitting in the right hand chair, so there you go.
0: <laughs>
2: no, so no, we can be all over the. Of
0: course, we don't have to go.
2: Into the exact what, well, control. without spoiling it, we see what happened. The biggest mystery of what happened to what character, we find out in this episode right now. yeah here. so let's set, <laughs> let's set some ground
0: rules real quick before we before we dive in too much first of all if you're going to listen to these shows these mandalorian reviews major major spoilers in fact so many we need this
2: this is only a 30 minute episode <laughs> I can't, but have, I, we, I, got,
3: I can't believe I got up early for that.
2: We had <laughs> a character. We were l- waiting for the to find out what happened since the original trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> Questions about what's happened to this character. We for you mean, years we Cobb have, we have literally
3: been waiting 37 years to find out what happened to this
0: character. 37 yes, in, in a row. row. <laughs> um, so Cobb Vance shows up as beautiful. Let's face so she, it. The man is beautiful. Timothy Oliphant wearing but,
1: Boba Fett's armor. Steve, so. I, I think you you mispronounced his name. Wasn't it Jodo Cast? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so two things really quick. One,
3: when uh, when the the first character sent Mando to Tatooine to find another Mandalorian, yep. that's when I went like full Will Ferrell in Elf. Except I wasn't going Santa's coming. Santa's coming. I was like Boba Fett's coming. Boba, I love him. <laughs> and then when uh, non Boba when non Boba Fett Timothy Oliphant uh, took off his helmet, Christine, who was kind of was kind of half watching the show with me, kind of perked up and goes, "Is that Timothy Oliphant?" Oh, this just got a lot more interesting.
2: <laughs> of course.
3: My, my
0: favorite part about that moment, I was I was distracted away from looking at in my beautiful 4K Apple TV on the screen from looking at the details of of the um, Boba Fett armor.
2: By his hair. Timothy,
0: how do you take that helmet off and have hair that looks like that?
3: Perfectly
2: blown. Clearly clearly, yes. clearly goes to <laughs> Kylo Ren's salon stylist. Uh, I'm I almost positive that Boba Fett had that helmet designed with a blowout machine inside of it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs>
0: Perfect Hollywood star hair uh, from Timothy. Standard
2: L- issue I'm Mandalorian gonna... <laughs> armor. Standard <laughs> issue all. Mandalorian armor, guys. Come on. Now, um, but I- Boba Fett aside, come on. Uh, we've, we've, we've gone over just the little guy there. How about for the appearance of R5-D4, though? Come on, guys! Oh, yes, that
3: made <laughs> me happy. And I think he still showed awesome. some uh, some stains on the top from where he blew out his motivator in uh, Star Wars 4. He's
2: finally found his motivation, guys. He is back in the game, working in the garage or wherever it is for whatever that gal's name is. Amy Sedaris. From strangers with candy and and she was also an elf as well
0: that was such a great moment and scott well you and i were talking offline yesterday you brought up a good uh um uh, moment about the r5 interaction about the pacing what do you want to share what you brought up with me yesterday
1: (laughs) you're killing me with trying to remember this stuff you you Uh, were
0: saying about technology and how it's old technology
1: Yes. Uh, I love the fact that they brought him back. I My big thing right now, I'm going to get into it just real super, super fast, um, is all the little throwbacks. They do it in such a wonderful way. It's not just fan service so far, and uh, that's what I really appreciate. It fits the story. It fits the narrative. You see R5-D4, Greg, you pointed out that you do, or Dave, uh, about the uh, motivator. You see the stains where the thing blew up or the burn marks or whatever. Um, what I love is kind of shows you how we are in the real world it shows you that technology is moving forward and r5d4 has some serious problems with uh keeping up with that and i just i like that i thought that was kind of a a neat way of showing the progression in the universe
0: yeah and she's kind of mm-hmm. like um she kind of come on hurry it up hurry it up you know she it's like yeah. running too slow for her yeah in the same way that like you know like an iphone 7 feels slow to our iphone 10 or 11 <laughs> these days you know or even 12 if you have one
1: yeah, uh,
3: by, by the way, Steve, one of my coworkers just upgraded from an iPhone 7 to an iPhone 11. Oh wow, okay. That's a I was like, isn't it, isn't it so much better? And she was like, "Guy, I, I mean," she's like, "Yeah, it's fine." <laughs> <laughs> All right, What's I wrong have, wrong to, with have, her have to have She'll a talk.
0: You. I have to have a talk with this person <laughs> <clearly>. <laughs> undervaluing uh This one's the, got a bad uh,
2: motivator.
0: Um, All right, so yeah, the R five moment was was really cool. I I was really happy about that um, to to see R five and and like you said, Scott, not it was it was there's some fan service there a little bit because it's it's an original trilogy character thrown in. It didn't have to be R five, but if you can, why not include it? It's perfect. It's it's on Tatooine. You kind of see the the progression of the character and where they ended up. I, I thought it was super well done.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'm getting some of that motivation back here, some R5 motivation. So some of the things that we kind of brought up on that is, I'm, I'm gonna somehow get some energy here, Steve. Uh, but here's the thing. Um, like I said, it's not fan service when the it, the the character or the thing that we're seeing is actually part of that scene or the story, and it kind of helps move it forward. I like. You know this this lady Amy Sedaris character is this junker who runs the actual so the whole whole scene is fan service if you want to think about it they're in the actual docking bay the Falcon was sitting in you see the pit droids from Episode One um, R5 comes in and has his little moment right there and I think that was amazing I, R5D4 was one of my favorite astromech droids from the original trilogy and just to see how it kind of plays out is great I love the story that's being told we know that the Mandalorian has issues with droids has problems with it and we have seen his progression over the first season uh, learning to accept droids with the whole IG-11 situation so here's a moment where we see these stupid goofy droids who were played out as a childish joke in episode one kind of have that same vibe going with their kind of goofiness but he's willing to trust them to do repairs on a ship again and I I really like that moment you have this very calm, serene moment where he's looking at him, knowing that he just wants to blast him all to hell, but he lets him go. You know, it's it's really interesting to see the interaction of all the characters in that moment. And I'm, I'm glad they brought Amy Sedaris back. I really like the episode one um, throwbacks. Uh, it actually made it feel a little bit more relevant. So
0: what'd you think of the uh, slapstick humor moment with the pit droid and getting its face stuck on the thing?
1: It, yeah, it's tough to watch that knowing what we went through with episode one. But again, I think I mentioned this to you, Steve, it fits the moment. We know that those characters are that way. Cause they are these goofy, goofy, like lanky little weird repair droids. And at least they're not stepping in piles of poop. You know, they're, they're not. <laughs> yeah. It, like, if Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's OK when they use
2: that kind of stuff sparingly. That was yes. the only moment of that entire episode where an, uh, where something like that happened. And it was just it was in there. It was on. It was on point for the scene at the moment. And they moved on with it. And it and nothing it, like that ever came up again. It, so,
3: and, yeah. and it also works because those characters are established like that's how they are. Yeah. yeah, That's how they appeared in episode one. If they had tried doing that kind of a moment with new characters yeah, I think it yeah. would have it would have stood
1: out and felt more jarring. And, and to both of your points, yes, I agree with that. I like that. Again, not only did we see that, and that's the characters from those are the characters from the origin from episode one. They're in a moment where they are doing exactly what they did in episode one. They're working on mechanical objects like a ship. So it again it fits that moment for me. I didn't get feel I didn't feel like I was being pulled out of the out of the moment. So. And I think a lot of credit goes to, believe it or not, Mando, who doesn't say a lot, and and his silent stare, and he's kind of looking at him, and Amy Sedaris. I I really like how their interaction kind of fed into that moment. They addressed it.
0: So, by the way, if if everyone in the Star Wars universe just accepts that pit droids are that way, that they're goofy and kind of clumsy and slapstick, why don't they just fix the programming? These are droids that work (laughs) on your (laughs) ship that fix your ship. (laughs) <laughs> but they're stumbling around and getting their face stuck on vacuums all the time. I mean, you know, like retro. <laughs> <laughs> Just
1: fix them. Well, they didn't fix uh, and Scooby and Shaggy, so why why fix? You know, uh, well, you need- it, it, it's
3: okay. That's a fair question, yeah. <laughs> and I'm gonna I'm gonna counter it with a theory. Okay. Based on an example, it's not meant to single anybody out, but
0: <laughs> oh boy, Steve,
3: here we go. in this in the story we were talking about with your new 4K TV that had a built-in Apple TV and you yeah. didn't think it was getting a 4K signal so you actually went out and bought a physical separate 4K Apple TV unit. Yes,
0: I fixed my situation.
3: Yes. Your, yeah, but I'm just saying maybe that's the thing. Maybe they have this technology mm-hmm. and the way to fix it is a way that they 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 don't know they don't know how to actually open it up and fix it or there's no actual ability to go out and purchase something that would fix it.
1: Hey, hey, Dave, maybe they're like the U.S., man. We're just a disposable society. They just go on to the next thing.
3: Well, hang on. We're supposed to stay on the Mandalorians. <laughs> oh, sorry. We, we all made a pact. We raised our mugs, <laughs> some of which may or may not have been
1: mono. All right.
0: Let's keep going.
3: Let's hold keep
1: on. Going. Hold on. I'm a bit tired. Forgive me on that one. Coffee's all right. Kicked so
0: <laughs> let, let's jump. back. Uh, let's jump forward. We're back on Tatooine now. And the Cobb Vanth character is. Um, is, Solid was, that, character. was that played out in Chuck Wendig's Aftermath books?
3: I don't believe so. If I remember correctly, and it's been a while since I read the Chuck Wendig books, but if yeah. I remember correctly, the Boba Fett armor was was hinted at, that the armor was there, but it wasn't uh, played out as to who the specific person was. But I could be misremembering that. I haven't had a chance okay. to go back and skim through the – mess that was that trilogy and find it uh, i'm
1: gonna, a, I'm gonna help a, out uh, dave uh, on this one
0: yeah oh, go sorry. ahead scott
3: i was just oh. gonna
1: say uh he does he does show up in the aftermath novels so his first appearance was in the 2015 so. uh, aftermath book
3: they so. actually had him in there that's all right i'm gonna have yeah. to go back and take a look at that because i remember the armor being there like the idea that if boba fett was alive he somehow got separated from the armor
2: so yeah. I haven't read any of the books and Scott brought up a name earlier um um the uh, J- Jodo cast Jodo cast right. thank you Scott yeah. Was that the guy who t- who stole the armor in the now Legends series of books
1: Yes Okay okay my, my all-time favorite <laughs> Yes and He was just and he's just walking around <laughs> pretending to be Boba Fett right Right, right. That is right
3: So okay. I I have a question though the bit with the little antenna thing on Boba Fett's helmet dropping right. down and being an eyesight finder Yeah mm-hmm. That's the first time we've seen Boba Fett do
2: that, correct? Yes. yes. Um, in, in, in On screen, yes, but I think yeah. that, that it was – that's the purpose of that device was played out in all of the books
1: previous, but yeah, yeah. you're it's, correct. It's, uh, first time we've seen it, ta- it on screen. His
2: targeting computer. And
1: yes, yes. Does Django's visor or his little uh, sensor thing come down in Attack of the Clones? That's what I was going to ask you. I, was try- I don't like, think it ever has. I feel like
2: I've seen that before, but I yeah. could be wrong. I what i thought there. was a, a, a small tiny the tiny of tiniest little nitpicks on that one i didn't like so i dug how the thing came down it targeted and the choir target but i didn't like how he had to bend over like he had to take a shit to make that <laughs> missile to fire same,
3: same, <laughs> I, yeah. I, same reaction I, I liked that just because it was kind of in keeping <laughs> with the whole idea that boba fett was was this great bounty hunter and at the same time he wasn't really that great
1: okay <laughs> i mean well, hold on. He, did get,
3: he did get beaten in
1: single combat by a blind man <laughs> that is but, and but there is a reference to that
0: not tarish <laughs> yes yeah.
1: go ahead, wait 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 i have to i have to touch okay. on that because that is fantastic there is another um problem i have with this episode i do have some small critiques uh, which was brought up to me and i really love this this is a great idea so first of all that is a great point, Greg. Uh, let me just say I, I laughed at the pose because he could have taken a more like braced approach, like a knee forward and put his back leg back and got a little yeah. bit more of a, a Hulk squat or something going on. Yeah. But instead, you know what it made me think of? It Yeah, Hulk squat. Oh, I know what it made you think of. <laughs> Please isolate yeah. that. Please isolate that. Um, no, it actually made me think of the original action figure where they had no movable joints. Except yeah, others. they they only bend at the waist. Yeah. Yes. And it totally <laughs> looked like the action figure, which was way over colorful. Uh, and he's just doing this weird bend. Here's the thought. Think about this for a second. Um, and I have a I have an explanation for this. He in the flashback, he does talk. He does show that he launches that missile at the uh, mining guild people and blows up the reference, another reference to episode one, which was the speeder that was cruising away. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm. He has another missile when he goes and launches it again. Right. So, does he have a stockpile? Does that is that a universal, uh, like a USB thing where you can just put any missile <laughs> into that thing? Does well, he, fi-
0: he fires it at the crate Dragon, too, at the end, he,
3: right? Yeah, right. he probably saved proof of purchases from other action figures and sent them in the camera <laughs> to get his supplies restocked.
0: Oh, well done. Yes. Well done. So oh, I, well
3: done I, I, I want to ask Greg something real quick because I know we are trying to have a hard limit on on the time here but Greg, you were kind of more lukewarm to this show so yeah. so two things for you one would you agree with me that the cinematography was not just breathtaking for this Like oh, I kept fantastic. watching
2: it just going this is so yeah. effing beautiful to watch look and, and now you know now that I know and I'm using air quotes the secret, you know I, I think I can tell when they're in the volume filming scenes. But I am still just—it's so impressive. It doesn't look like a CGI scene. It looks like an actual on-set scene, yeah. Um, and yeah, it's just just gorgeous, just gorgeous. So the so s- my- the, the,
0: the scale and the animation of the crate dragon is it, just in, impeccable. It's just—it's perfect and so anyway dave go ahead yeah
3: anytime they were standing in front of the entrance to the cave and you just had this this grand sense of scale of giant cave opening and this little person there i just it was great but my other question was to kind of loop back to something you said at the beginning where you had i'm putting words in your mouth here a little more of a lukewarm response to it. it's not that you didn't like it but you didn't Love it. Not a han warm, a lukewarm. I guess a A lukewarm. It's an, off, <laughs> an off-handed comparison right there. Uh, one thing that occurred to me, as excited as I was, like, oh, we're going back to Tatooine. Oh, we're going to see Boba Fett. I was kind of in the back of my mind. I was going, you know, there is really only so many times you can go to the well of mm-hmm. the established canon. You know, trilogy of trilogies to to get. Plot devices, characters, MacGuffins, and doohickeys. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, at what point are they going to set up more of their own world and not be kind of leaning on that as the crutch? And is that going to be a
2: long-term problem for the show? Well, yeah, it would be if they keep doing it, because you know what they—it's because the things they've done so far, they've gone back and they—and they've, you know, and spoiler alert, they've showed us potentially what happened to Boba Fett. Potentially, they've shown us what an actual crate dragon looks like because we've only ever heard Obi Wan doing his impression of a crate dragon, and we've seen the skeleton of a crate dragon. So now we've seen what a crate dragon actually looks like on screen. Um, you know, we've seen the Jun Lin ways. You know, what what else is there to see on Tatooine? Um, and I don't think you go back again this entire season because, for this reason, you've got the Obi Wan series coming out in you know starting filming next year. So yeah. I don't think you go back to Tatooine at all. I think you take Amy Sedaris's character, I think you stick her in the Obi-Wan show um, as a younger version of herself, and then I think you leave Tatooine for the rest of this
3: and, series. And, and by the way, the bit where they had the little model drawn out and Timothy Oliphant was like, those bones are kind of big, aren't they? And then there's a big translation thing back and forth, and Mano's like, no, that's to scale. Yeah. That was so,
0: <laughs> so... Although talking about to scale, I gotta say, the crate Dragon in the show was a hell of a lot bigger than the skeleton that 3PO stunned yes. us yes. in maybe episode that one
2: was a baby maybe yeah that,
0: was, yes, a that was a baby <laughs> um also got to say did you get any like tr- uh tremors the movie tremors. oh yeah oh yeah um i also thought of dune of course uh <laughs> oh. with the crate dragon jumping out of the,
3: the, I, the first vibe. time it was a i have a great one, one of those the first time there was a rumble and an earthquake, I looked at, at Christine. I said, "Sandworms, you gotta hate them."
2: <laughs> right, right. The the uh, biggest non-Star Wars reference that I got from this episode, and you guys are gonna laugh, was when um, Mando and 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 Cobb are trying to convince the townspeople to team up with the sand people. And all I could think of was Blazing Saddles with them trying oh, to.
0: <laughs> absolutely. And but we're not letting in the Irish. <laughs> there's another one <laughs> <laughs> top top 5 movie for me but th- there's another moment like that where he where um Mandalorian is is uh coming into the what is it um uh what's the name of the city Mos Ma- Ma- Espa
3: that's Ma- no, Mas, No, Pel- it, no Pel- it's uh,
0: it's the new city that he he enters into. Oh, Moss Pelgo. Pelgo. It's more, it's, Pelgo. more, it's, more Pelgo. it's more
3: of a hamlet, I think, than a city. Let's be real. Yeah, here. yeah. That's, <laughs> that's that's that, that 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 town has a rest stop. Town. The people that live at the re- the people that work at the rest stop, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's like Rock Ridge. In, in, uh, when, he's, <laughs> when he's when he's cruising into Rock Ridge, and I'm I watch it for the second time with Lisa, and Lisa turned to me and goes, "Oh, it's like he's on horseback." Walking into, you know, coming into a town and everyone's look exactly like the scene from Blazing Saddles (laughs) Saddles where they're looking at Sheriff Bart walking in (laughs) and they're like looking at it like this. Uh, But it's 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 goes back. It harkened back to that Western in space motif. Yeah. Just 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 perfect.
1: Well, well, Tatooine does that. And I mean, that's what one of the feelings we got from the original trilogy. So, yeah, that scene was definitely geared towards that. But I, I, I felt the same way. I didn't think of it that way. I did see the Blazing uh, Saddles references, but I also thought in real world it's <laughs> like you you mentioned Rock Ridge, um, But I mean, it to me was Baker, California going to Vegas. You know, oh, it's yeah. this little town in the middle of the desert. You stop and get some fill up and a, and a burger and you get the hell out of there. Like alien what? jerky and Bale. That's it. <laughs>
3: there, there, there is such an art that that they achieved in this episode, and they achieve in most of the episodes really of how Baby Yoda is a character mm-hmm. without being just strict comic relief.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: The reactions, uh, the animation they have uh, with with the facial reactions with, with uh, the child are amazing. I got to just throw out one line. Um, I love uh, uh, Cobb Vance line of. I guess every once in a while, both suns shine on a womp rat's tail. I'm gonna have to steal <laughs> that. I will be. Using. That that is that is that
3: is a that is, a thr- that is right out of a uh, uh, white Men can't jump, where Wesley Snipes says, "Sun shines on even a dog's ass some days, Billy Ho." <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. Yep. Um, I, I love the the little the well didn't love it but i thought it was humorous that when the, they're trying to bait the the crate dragon to come out and the poor tuscan raider gets eaten in st- <laughs> instead <laughs> of the <laughs> Mando the says
3: I think they're open to new ideas. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, the, the sand, props to the sand people extras in that scene because they have no facial expressions, but they all managed to convey this like total, just like sh- slack-jawed shock and astonishment.
0: Also, got to call out another. This is something else that Scott brought up with me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you full credit here, Scott. We now know what bantha sticks are actually
1: for. Gaffy sticks. Yes. Gaffy. Yes.
0: Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, their toothbrushes for the banthas. <laughs> and then they're cleaning. That was a good little moment. Um, we got the last shot of Tamara Morrison, who was the original Boba Fett actor, at the very end there.
2: Well, he, he's the original Django Fett actor. Uh, Django Fett. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And like and, and 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 canonically now the basis for all of the clones. Right. Um, w- of which Boba Fett was a clone. Um, so, is it Boba Fett? Is it Captain Rex without the beard? Is it just some other random clone? TBD, yeah, that, right? TBD.
1: That that, that yeah, t- definitely. But it 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 came up. But I you know, it's just I'm I'm sitting at about 85 percent sure it's Boba Fett. I'm gonna go with Boba Fett.
2: Entirely clad in 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 Tuscan Raider gear Rader. though, except yes. for the except for the mask for the So mask. let's assume
0: for a moment that it is Boba Fett. Do we get the story of how Boba Fett escaped the Sarlacc pit and how he got separated from his armor? Then I
1: know I know we all want to jump in on this, so I'm gonna because you brought something else up, and I'm gonna to touch on something Greg brought up. Um, I, and I agree with Greg on on to a certain extent. Um, it's the idea of going to these uh, can, uh, iconic places like Tatooine. Do we just leave it behind? I, I understand and I even slightly agree with what you're saying Greg, but here's mm-hmm. the problem. If if this is Boba Fett and this is a character uh, that is now set as the quest for Mandalorian in season 2, mm-hmm. you cannot avoid it because yeah, yeah you, you can't you can't tell the story in the Obi-Wan show cuz
2: the Obi-Wan show takes place before a New Hope.
1: Right. Mm -hmm. But but my point being that, let's say we don't know how the interaction is going to be. What we see is this silhouette and then it kind of pans back and he does turn around. We do get to see his face, which this is why I think it's Boba Fett. You do see some pretty heavy scarring on his face, which leads me to believe. Okay, many things happen and there's so many like symbolic moments that happen in the show. But one of the ideas is we are told that the uh, crate Dragon ate the Sarlacc. And we don't know if it's the Sarlacc. We knew we do know that there's multiple Sarlaccs. So there is a chance that somehow we obviously know if this is Boba Fett, he escaped the Sarlacc pit. How did he get out of that pit? And then that leads me to the next question. If we get that answered or get at least a backstory to that, what's the interaction going to be with Mando? Because Boba Fett is not a Mandalorian. Even mm-hmm. the idea of who Jango Fett is not truly a Mandalorian. We think he's a Mandalorian, but there is some um controversial backstory to him as as to actually being a mandalorian so i like the idea that you see boba fett in theory boba fett out of his armor out of a shell and the whole concept is um uh, there is some weird you know the quest is to get this armor there it be it's the i'm sorry the quest is to find other mandalorians he finds the armor and now I, I think there were some moments where you, and this is what I think. Um, uh, oh God, the actor playing him. Um, Tamara Morrison? No, no, Amando. Uh, uh, My God. Uh, D, um, um, Pedro Pascal. Thank you, Pedro. Uh, when you see Pedro in that armor, and it, it just he can make he can emit so much emotion out of not showing anything. And there's this moment when he sees the armor first of all on another person who's not Boba Fett. Um, you see this kind of weird reaction and it's his quest stops. And that's what I love about this character. His quest is now that armor. There is like a respect for that armor and he needs to get that armor back. And so his quest stops, gets derailed and it's this whole other quest just to get that armor back. Um, I, I'm curious now to see, cause the last scene we see is Boba Fett and watching him take that armor off on the speed, uh, taking off on the speeder bike with his armor. So is that gonna lead to hostility, a conflict? Is there going to be more interaction on getting the two together and working together? I, this 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 is why I like this show. It left me not just loving a wonderfully beautifully shot show, great acting, bringing in some new characters, bringing in old characters, but it really set me off on the next level of this season. I didn't want to feel like I was clinging desperately to season one all the time. and now we have a whole new quest where he easily just says, yeah, my quest is this. But I'm going to get side railed or derailed every once in a while and and go off on my own thing. That's what I really love about that character. He has no yeah. problem.
2: They yeah. they yeah, they have to set up kind of a long term story. And and other, otherwise, you know, we made the comparison or I made the comparison last season for the episode four to the A-Team episode. I always called it the A-Team episode. Yeah. So yes. if he if he's constantly just doing he needs to get a job, he finds a job, he succeeds at the job and then he moves on to the next town. This show would get old real quick. So there's yeah. got to be something he's striving towards, you know, season after season. And it's got to be something compelling. So,
1: so yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I also noticed that, you know, his armor is made out of what is it? Best uh, best Is that best Bestar. God, why can not I not you know what mornings that's <laughs> my brain up. Um yeah, his his I think there was also a notice, you know, that could be another thing too. He recognizes that his armor isn't made of the same thing Boba Fett's armor is, which I think is in canon now is durasteel or something like that. Is that correct? Do you guys know that off the top of your head? I think that's a battery. Okay. okay. All right. Well, it's made out of batteries. So I, I'm almost certain, you know, now that his entire clan got wiped out or almost everyone that he is going to see a different level of uh, Mandalorians out there. Yeah.
0: All right. So we have a quest to return Baby Yoda to his kind. We're looking for other Mandalorians, hopefully in upcoming episodes of this season, I think we will, uh, we will see the Mandalorian fulfill that request or try to. And uh, I mean, I think we agree it's off to a good start. It's certainly fun. It certainly feels like star Wars
2: off to a good start. Yes.
0: Yep. Please. I'm really glad glad you bridged it back to, to the the connection with season one, episode four, because this certainly felt a lot like that episode to me. Anyway, guys, Uh, We'll see you next weekend for season two, episode two of the
2: Mandalorian until then may the force be with us all. Peace out.